Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. After the final buzzer sounds, we're here to wrap it up. Why not? Here's Steph Curry! It's time for Warriors Wrap-Up. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason back inside Chase Center. Warriors fall tonight to the Bucks. 107-98 is the final. But, uh, Whitey, uh, kind of an ugly night in terms of offense. The Warriors shot just 37%. The Bucks a little over 40 for the ball game. The Warriors did have 19 turnovers. But the plucky competitive Warriors were back tonight. A, a solid defensive effort. Uh, in this ball game, Alec Burke scored 19 points. It took him uh, 13 shots to get it done. But uh, all in all, there were flashes from Alan Smilagich uh, and a birthday effort from Glenn Robinson the third of 15 points to go with seven boards. Uh, but uh, you add it all up, and the Warriors uh, just they come up short uh, as you would expect uh, going up against the best team uh, in the NBA. I thought in many ways tonight the Warriors played about as well as they could be expected to play. You're absolutely right. Of course, they turned the ball over way too many times. They didn't shoot the ball well. Milwaukee is a very good defensive team. Although, if you notice now, that's two games in a row for the Bucks, where teams shoot the three ball pretty well against them. I guess they're so good defensively at the rim. I guess if you're going to beat the Bucks, uh, you got to let them fly from three-point range. Uh, but I thought the Warriors did a lot of things about as well as could be expected. Um, Made 15 I, threes tonight. Yeah, yeah. I... I'm disappointed in Alec Burks, not because I have anything against him or I want him to be traded, but that's that appears to be the Warriors' plan, right? And we know we were sitting in front of two scouts tonight. Uh, so we know the scouts have been around. So if they're going to trade him, great. And maybe you, you get something decent for him. You free up a roster spot. But Alec Burks, the last two games against Sacramento, if I'm not mistaken, he was 2 for 10. And tonight he's 5 for 13. So, yeah, he scored. Uh, how many points did he have tonight? He scored he up with 19, 19 which looks 19. nice. But as you said, he's 5 for 13. And if I'm a you know, scout for another team and I'm thinking of what this guy can do for me off the bench, 7 for his last 23, uh, I'm going to tell my bosses I really wouldn't offer that much to him. And I'm a little troubled by that. Well, look, he, he's in a position right now where uh, you know he's in a little bit of a slump. And, and I think the one thing you have to keep in mind here as we look ahead toward you know, will the Warriors trade this player or that player at the deadline? Will they attempt to acquire assets moving forward? I know Joe Lacob's on record saying, hey, look, the Warriors are not in the business of giving players away, which I think makes a lot of sense. But at this point, what are we really talking about as far as Alec Burks goes? If the Warriors were going to make a deal for Alec Burks, 
uh, and, and trade him to, let's say, a contending team that would want him. I mean, the reality is we're talking about probably a second-round pick, and that's about it. Well, right? yeah, my concern would be we're not even talking about that now, uh, the way he's playing. Because on this team, Alec Burks, he's had his best year to this point, and you, you pointed out that he's not playing well lately. On this team, he should be really standing out, right? Because this team, uh, given that there's no D'Angelo Russell, this is a chance for the Warriors to showcase him and Glenn Robinson the third. Again, I'm not trying to bury the guy. I'm not trying to be critical. I'm just saying if you look at the Warriors' plan, I think uh, their plan would be uh, coming together a lot sooner if Alec Burks were shooting the ball better than he has the last couple of games. 888-957-9570, Bucks 107, Warriors 98, uh, as the Warriors have now lost six in a row after their four-game winning streak. Uh, all of a sudden, as the Warriors will be back on the road uh, on Friday night against the Clippers, a little two-game road trip coming up for the Warriors, Clippers, and the Grizzlies uh, over the weekend. So the Warriors uh, have struggled in this latest stretch that they've had to play without D'Angelo Russell. Uh, it looked like they were finally figuring out how to play with them again. Now you take them away. Uh, but again, the, the competitive Warriors were back in yeah. this building, which I do think is a positive uh, but, uh, you know, look, if you're going to shoot under 38% for the night, it's going to be tough to beat the best team in the NBA, regardless of the other things that you do well. And the Warriors did do some things well. Yeah, they did. They did. But this was not a great night uh, for this game to be, uh, you know, national showcase game. Both teams shot the ball very poorly early on, especially overall. The final numbers, as you said, the Warriors at 37-9. The Bucks shot 40.2% for the night. They shot... 40% against the Spurs in their last game, which they lost. This is a really good team. I don't know if they're bored a little bit right now. You know, this is, for NBA teams, this is, uh, Steve Kerr refers to this as the dog days, right? Um, so I don't know what's going on with the Bucs here. Uh, they won the game tonight, obviously. Giannis played very well. He had 30 points. It seemed like he barely broke a sweat, didn't it? Yeah. It did, and at times he looked bad himself offensively. Yeah, and, uh, you know, wound up with thirty points, and thirty 12. and twelve, and uh, four assists. Yeah, yeah. On, a, on a on a night where he looked a little bit out of sorts. Mm -hmm. uh, I, mm -hmm. I thought at times the Warriors were were fouling him in <laughs> stretches of this game. Uh, he had a, a couple of very ugly free throw misses. Yeah, he did uh, tonight, yeah. And, and that happens with him. And, and yeah. the crowd was into the game. Uh, as well uh, with the nationally televised affair, the best team in the NBA. And I think everything that constantly is surrounding the Warriors and their interest level in Giannis, I think that did add a buzz to the building. And while it was a competitive game, I didn't feel like the game tonight really totally lived up to what it could have been or what people had thought. Hey, if the, the plucky Warriors show up again, the high-energy Warriors show up again, maybe this could be uh, along the lines of, let's say, when Boston was here early in the year or maybe when the Rockets were here, let's say, on Christmas and that game wound up being highly competitive. Didn't quite live up to that level, but uh, nevertheless, it, it was a much better effort, I thought, from the Warriors tonight than we saw from them in Sacramento, than we saw from them in this building against the Pistons last Saturday, or we saw from them in Minnesota back on January the 2nd. So in that respect... I do think it's a positive yeah. turn and turn 
for tonight. I suppose so. I didn't expect much from the Warriors tonight. I thought this was a total mismatch, but there we had uh, Spellman knocking down a three with just over a minute to go, and it was 101-96. to Like, hey, we legitimately have a game here. But speaking of the three-point shooting, you mentioned that three-point shooting really kind of kept the Warriors in the game tonight. They made 15. The Bucks were 9 for 41. Uh, that that could be one of their one of their true weaknesses. Nine for forty one because they don't make a lot, but they're not shy about putting them up. Reminds me of some of the stretches they had last year in the playoffs against the Raptors, where those shots weren't falling and they kept casting them. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search. Eight at eight nine five seven nine five seven zero triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. We'll tell you why the most significant thing to happen tonight in Chase Center may have happened after the ball game ended. Ooh. And we'll also get into uh, Alan Smilagich and his night tonight, the career high night for Alan Smilagich. We also are going to hear from Steve Kerr here coming up in a moment. Uh, was it a coincidence that tonight was Greek Heritage Night? That was a little strange. That's just one more. Hey, the Greek freak is here. Greek Heritage Night. Yeah, Let's Greek. all celebrate. Sure. Let's go ahead and hear from the head coach of the Warriors, Steve Kerr, as he met with the media downstairs in the Bill King interview room. Look at the stat sheet, and Giannis winds up with like 30 points, 12 rebounds. But how did you feel you guys defended him? Because it did seem like there were long stretches where he uh, you know, wasn't necessarily asserting himself. Yeah, that's, that's how good he is. I mean, you know, you didn't. I didn't feel like he had a very good game, and he had 30 points and 12 rebounds, and that's why he's the MVP. Um, guys like that, even when they don't shoot the ball well, they they have a huge impact on the game. So um, he was, uh, you know, we, we tried to make him work, and we tried to put bodies in front of him, and we gave up a lot of threes, a lot of open threes, tried to challenge. Uh, but we, you know, we basically – did a good job defensively, and they missed a lot of shots, um, but we were able to hang in. We just couldn't quite get over the hump. I guess maybe this isn't the ideal time to ask you an, an officiating question, but did you have clarification on the tech foul on Bowman after his dunk? Yes. Uh, he uh, he didn't say a word, but he he stared at uh, whoever it was. and um, Who was it? Corver. And uh, the same thing happened the other night. Um, Either Sacramento or Detroit, one of those two games, we had a guy dunk the ball, stare at the defender for a brief second, and got a tee. I think it was the home game. I think it was Detroit. And um, apparently uh, the referees have been told that uh, if that happens, if somebody stares at someone, um, that's taunting. You have to call a tee. But um, it seems like a new rule. Just, I mean, that seems sort of unnecessary. I mean, I, I understand you don't want to taunt, but, um, you know, the crowd didn't have a whole lot to cheer about, and that was the best play of the first half, and it's an emotional game, and Kai didn't say anything. Um, sometimes we uh, over-regulate all this stuff. we got to show some emotion and let guys compete a little bit too. Another twenty-five grand down the drain. <laughs> Steve, last night, excuse me, last game was obviously emotional. He got fined and everything. Tonight, the team plays, we're in the game, uh, five points down with a minute to go. Does that 
please you? In other words, you didn't win, but are you satisfied with the fact that you're in the game so close? I just think it's all about effort. And uh, as long as um, we walk away from a game feeling like our effort and intensity was there, then um, we can't be upset. And uh, the other night I thought we were slumping our shoulders a little bit and feeling a little sorry for ourselves, and there's no, no room for that. So we have to we have to go out and compete, and I thought we did a, a good job of that tonight. And we uh, we played a you know a solid game um, against a, you know a team that's thirty three and six. Um, so you know we walk out with our our heads held high, and we've got to continue to compete and play that way and get some wins. Steve, we've seen Omari over these past couple games being very very active, whether it's a block or a steal. I was just wondering what you thought of his energy and intensity as of late. Yeah, his energy has been great, and the uh, the thing he adds uh, that we haven't had a whole lot of uh, here is that that big who can pop and shoot a three. You know, he made three more threes tonight, and it really does change the game when you've got a a big man who can shoot a three. Um, you know, the, just that floor spacing makes a huge difference. So Omari has has done a great job of late. You know, you often say that um, you make decisions in terms of personnel based on matchups, but is there a specific plan for Smiley Geach in terms of when he plays and, and what do you want to see from him and, and what you're getting out of him? Um, we're just trying to uh, feel the game and, and, and find him minutes within the game, um, whatever that means. So it's... Um, it's just a feel thing. We we don't go in with uh, with him as part of the rotation. We kind of have a, a rough draft of a rotation, uh, but but Mike and I just sort of decide as we go when we can get him a few minutes. And tonight he gave us a big lift. I thought he did a nice job. Now now that Chris is gone, I mean he probably could stay with you guys and maybe get in uh, you know on a night to night basis. But do you want him to maybe go back to the G League at some point, get thirty minutes a night, get a lot of opportunities? Yeah, for sure, for sure. I mean, I, I think now is a has it's been a good opportunity for uh, Smiley to 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 feel the NBA and to play some games and you know to play against a team like Milwaukee on national TV. It's great experience, um, but he plays 11 and a half minutes, and um, he needs to go and play 30 minutes, and um, he'll do that soon. We're not sure exactly when, but um, he'll be back in Santa Cruz uh, and and getting more time, more chance to develop for sure. So Steve Kerr, the head coach of the Warriors there. And, yeah, Smiley Geach with Marquise Chris out. I know he mentioned that there wasn't really a plan for him. but uh, it, it, went, thing. it went from Collie Stein to Spellman to Smiley Geach, and it looked like it, it fit as far as, you know, basically six, seven-minute stretches uh, and then back to Collie Stein to, to finish up uh, in the first half at least. So I, I think you look at Smiley Geach's night, a uh, couple of stints there. Four for seven, winds up with ten points, uh, career high ten points for Smiley Geach. And uh, look, I'm I'm of the belief with Marquise Chris gone, I'd like to see him just stay here and instead of playing thirty minutes in the G League, maybe play eighteen minutes in the NBA. But it doesn't sound like that's what's going to happen. Yeah, it boils down to this in the uh, eyes of Steve Kerr and uh, the coaching staff. Smiley Geach is going to benefit more from playing thirty minutes in the G League than he is from playing the. 
11 and a half minutes that he's going to be playing here. And I know you're saying, well, they should play him more minutes here, but that was interesting. Ah, it's just a feel thing. He's not really part of our rotation. Mike and I try to work him in. So my guess would be a lot of that is that they really need him to improve defensively as much as we notice the offense. And he's a bucket man. I think he needs a lot of work defensively. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap-up brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of home search, 888-957-9570, uh, 888-957-9570. It's Warriors wrap-up here on 95.7 The Game. Now, back to Warriors wrap-up on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson and Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center. Bucks beat the Warriors tonight, 107-98. Warriors, their sixth consecutive loss after the four-game winning streak. So the Warriors fall in this one and now head to Los Angeles. They'll take on the Clippers, and then they'll take on the Grizzlies uh, over the weekend before returning home for a three-game homestand that begins uh, next Tuesday. Uh, 888-957-9570, Touch on a couple of things that, that Steve Kerr had to say uh, as we played Steve before the break. Uh, technical foul, I, I agree with him completely as far as this staring becoming taunting. And this is where you and I, even technical. though it's your birthday, we're going to disagree on this. Really? Yes. I think. That? Well, I think... Way back when, uh, you could players could do that because they'd police themselves. Um, that is, a young player, if he did that, the other team, they'd take him out. I'm not in favor of that, but I'm just saying I think now, because you can't do that, you can't retaliate against a player who gets in the grill of somebody he dunks on, the other team, you can't retaliate on them, I think it would get way out of hand. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. And I know there's something to be said for letting players – uh, show how happy they are and show some emotion. Uh, but it, I think I fear that would get way out of hand where guys that dunk, we've, we've seen guys in other sports do it in inappropriate times where they dunk, you know, they're losing a guy 15 and a guy dunks, then stare somebody down. I, I, I don't want to see that. And I am fine with, look, you stare somebody down uh, like that. You mean mug somebody after dunk. That's a technical foul. We just, we can't allow it because it would get out of hand, in my opinion. See, and, and I, I want to push that line a little bit more. I, I want to push that line toward maybe having something get out of hand. I know one of the big stories in the NBA <laughs> overall tonight is Jimmy Butler and T.J. Warren. They yeah. went at it tonight to the point where, I mean, you've got Jimmy Butler in the postgame press conference. Uh, you know, he, he's saying, hey, I'll <laughs> – when are we playing again? That guy's not even in my bleeping league. He can't guard me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and to the point where he's circling the next time they're going to play each other on the calendar uh, and, and getting after it. I think that's good for ball. You know, I, I think, you know, you had Bobby Portis last night. I mean, he took, was it Contavious Caldwell Pope? I mean, he, he clubbed him. And it was a flagrant foul, and it, and it should have been, and he should have been ejected from the game. And, and I understand that. But, but to me, taking the emotion and, and some of that edge out of the game, I don't think it's a good thing. I think, it, I, I think it lessens the passion by which fans even watch the game on I a think, night-in, night-out basis. Fans want to see players that care. Fans want to see guys get in each other's faces a little bit. I mean, yes, you can't have you know, full-on, all-out brawls or anything like that. I'm not saying that. But let's push that line a little bit closer toward having the edge 
without maybe going over it. Yeah, I definitely agree that passion is good, but I'm definitely against allowing players to stare down guys after they dunk on them. Here's another reason why I'm against it. I remember the first time I played uh, an organized basketball game. And yeah, Alex, there were peach baskets. Ha ha, that's really funny. But I remember, seriously, I remember, you know, I'm guarding somebody and I put my hand on them because I used to, on TV, that's what NBA players did. And the referee blows the whistle, said, you can't do that. I was like, what do you mean? That's what it, they all do on TV. So my point being, young players, you, you emulate what you see on TV. And I just don't think we need more young players emulating guys dunking and then staring down the guy they, they dunk on. I think there's something to be said for sportsmanship, and I know that seems like an outdated notion, but I think it's really important that the guys who set the example for so many young guys that they adhere to some notions of sportsmanship, and to me that very easily crosses the line. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason here, 888-957-9570. We'll get to Alan Smiley Geach in just a moment. Uh, Whitey, I'll also uh, I'll give you what I thought might have been the most significant moment of the night that actually I knew, happened I, you after that. the I, game. Yes, I'm hanging on your every word. But first, uh, I, we've got a phone call here. Uh, Raider Realist in Hayward joins the program here on 95.7 The Game. Yeah, good evening, fellas. I, I, was, I was at the game, and... And I understand what you're saying, Whitey, but but I, I have to uh, I have to side with JD because at the end of the day, I mean he he glanced at at him. I mean he didn't glare at him, he didn't stare at him, he didn't walk up on him and have like extra emotion on it like a LeBron or somebody like that. I mean, at the end of the day, these guys got to play with something in the tank. You know what I mean? Like he, I mean he he literally glanced at him. So I mean, there's there's no way in any basketball court that that's ever a technical foul. If you even played CYO, that was just probably one of the most ridiculous calls I've ever seen. Can I ask you, sir, and I'm not – I understand. I, I appreciate your, your perspective. Did you happen to see when Pascal got called for it against the Pistons? I'm not trying to make a point here. I'm just wondering if you saw that, what you thought of that one, where he got uh, teed up for basically the same thing. I did, not, I did not see that one, but like 99 out of 100 that I have watched – and this is crazy, and I don't want to go off on a tangent, but for me, as a Warrior fan, and, you know, I'm in my 40s, so I've seen a lot of basketball, and I've seen terrible basketball. My father actually used to be an usher at the Col- at the arena in the Coliseum, so I grew up there. But long story short, we've never – Sorry nope. about that. We lost our squared. Lost yeah, thank you for the call. I appreciate the viewpoint. Um, I think there's room for us to disagree on that. I understand where you're coming from. I just think that that's a slippery slope. Yeah, to me, you just you got to keep emotion in the game. You got to have it, and and I frankly want to see more of it. I think when you start looking at at the reasons that TV ratings are down and passion is lacking uh, among fans, I think it's the lack of legitimate rivalries. I think it's the the lack of a belief that when you watch a game that these players are really going all out, hard-nosed against each other. I, I think it's it's in, in many ways become a league where, you know, it, it, it feels like everybody's buddies and they're kind of – and on a lot of nights it's just going through the motions of, yeah, we're competing against each other, but we're really all buddies. And, you know what, we're really all in the same pool. We're all NBA players that are all making a lot of money, and they should be. I mean, again, I, I don't begrudge any of the money that, that these players make. I don't either, stretch. nor do I. But but to me, the, this notion that it's, uh, you know, it, it's this 
great pool of players that just happens to go up against each other, but they all, no, I, I, I want a little bit more of, no, you know what? These guys don't like each other, at least when they're on the court. You can be friends off the court, but I just want to see a little bit more of an edge, and, and I think, you know, taking the emotion out of the game when you're talking about, you know, a couple of young players staring, and it's to Steve Kerr's point, you know, that was a point where there wasn't a lot to cheer about, and right. the Warriors finally had something to cheer about, and, you know, yeah, he, he tweaks it up a little bit, Kai Bowman, let it go. I don't think anyone's talking about taking the emotion or the passion out of the game. And in my opinion, there's plenty of room to show emotion, uh, which is emotion and passion together, <laughs> uh, just try, taking a shortcut there, without uh, committing acts that border on being unsportsmanlike. Uh, um, I really do uh, think that. I'll say this, uh, Bowman had another dunk later to make it 91 88 that was probably the most exciting moment of the night. Yeah, it was, it, and it, was it a, didn't. And it didn't involve any mean mugging or anything. It was. It made it a three-point game. It was a tremendous play. It was a tremendous dunk, and there was a lot of passion and emotion in that. Yeah, it was a Sky Bowman night uh, at Chase yeah, Center yeah. tonight on a couple of different instances, and it really. It also was another one of those nights where the Warriors had a couple of flash plays. It wasn't the, the most thrilling of games, although it was one of the more competitive games the Warriors have played, certainly in the last week or Nobody week Nobody could half. make a basket for long stretches on either team. But this was another night where, hey, Chase Center got, got yes. into it a little bit. Like yes. it, there, I, it, that is probably the biggest sort of low-key takeaway from this season. I, I'm impressed with how this building sounds when, when really anything happens. I want to say something else, too, about callers, and thank you, uh, Raider Realist. Sorry we lost you. But uh, I was thinking of this today because, you know, Carmelo had a game-winning shot last night and a big night for Portland. And I remember the night Steph Curry got hurt. You and I were sitting right here where we are right now. I believe that was the night before Halloween. And somebody called, and I think his name was George. I, I could be wrong, but George called and said, hey, are, are the Warriors going to go out and get Carmelo? And we kind of, I kind of, I'll speak for myself, kind of, <laughs> that's not going to happen. And, okay, there was no way the Warriors were going to uh, pursue Carmelo Anthony. So that was true. But the reason I said that is uh, because I thought, that guy can't play anymore. And George, who called, obviously believed Carmelo could play. George was right because Carmelo's having a pretty good year right now for the Portland Trailblazers. So, George, if you're out there, tip of the cap, my friend. That's Whitey Gleason. I'm John Dickinson, 888-957-9570, uh, the most important thing, Whitey, that what happened was it? What was it? after the game, yeah, Giannis walked over to Steph, oh. and, and and they, you know, they, little handshake, little dab, little some pleasantries exchanged between those two. Respect paid, uh, Giannis to uh, Stephen Curry, and and no doubt you know, Draymond Green was in that fray talking to Wes Matthews a little bit. And okay. No doubt there was. Uh, Tell him you want to come here. I don't know. This had is, to be some of that. Yeah, going this is on unconfirmed. Here, right? But my understanding is that Steph said, "Look, Giannis, if you come here, we don't have to take your brother too, do we?" And I, I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Thanasis, who did not get into the game tonight, that is unconfirmed. So yeah, I mean, that was. I know that was something that uh, the Twitter huh. Twitter sphere was okay. really focused on after the ball game tonight was the fact that boy, it was it was Giannis and Curry, and they shook hands, exchanged pleasantries, and. Oh. And who knows what was being said. Draymond, like I said, po- kind of poked over. He was talking to Wes Matthews. He kind of got in there at the last second. We were talking to Connor tonight, right? Connor Latorno. And yeah. he was saying, you know, everyone's talking about that. I think he said he just wrote a story about Giannis and the Warriors. And he said the the clicks were out of this world. But he said there's just no way it's going to happen. But there's 
there's no denying that it's something that the Warriors would love to do, and they're trying to figure any possible way they can make it happen. Still time for some phone calls. We will also have the call of the game, and we're going to hear from Alan Smilagich. Yay. Everybody wants to hear from uh, Alan Smilagich met with the media as well. All of that uh, as Warriors wrap-up rolls on here from Chase Center on 95.7 The Game. Warriors wrap-up continues on 95.7 The Game. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason inside Chase Center. 888-957-9570. Bucks beat the Dubs tonight, 107-98. So Milwaukee improves uh, on their NBA best record now, 33-6. Their next game will be Friday night in Sacramento. The Warriors are headed for Los Angeles at 9-30 as we are... Quickly approaching the halfway mark yeah. of the NBA season. The Warriors will be there after the ball game on Sunday. The two-game road trip with the Clippers and the Grizzlies. And the Warriors will be at the 41-game halfway mark that? after the game uh, on Sunday. We've got uh, a call to get to. Whitey, did you have a quick point? Then just, we're going to hear from Alex Smiley. Just Smiley-Geach real quickly, well. I wanted to say uh, that it sounds, based on some of the calls that we've been getting, that a lot of people are celebrating your birthday tonight. So happy birthday. Call, and those are calls that may or may not make the air. Yeah, we, you know, we appreciate people. But a lot of people, in. hey, J.D., yeah. have a birthday. Yeah. 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 Right, 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 right. A lot, lot of I'll, people. I'll take my responses Really celebrating. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go to Robin in San Francisco. Robin, you are on 95.7 The Game. It is Warriors Wrap-Up, and we're brought to you by Realtor.com, the home of Home Search. Hey, Robin. Hey, sweetie. Um, happy birthday to State 39. Uh, Jack Benny stayed 39 to the day he died. Okay, that's the magical age. So happy that, birthday! Well, that well, Robin, that is the that is the I'll, I'll let you finish. That is the magical age, uh, the, Robin. This this is my first annual 39th birthday. First annual though. Oh, is it? I, yes. I just keep it going, okay? Just keep <laughs> it going. Um, first thing I want to say is. Um, I enjoyed the game tonight. I thought the Warriors were going to really get smashed, and they hung around. At, at times, it actually looked like they were trying to set up plays <laughs> and, and trying to work together, and you guys were right. The shooting just wasn't up. Um, you know, I, I, sometimes with the NBA, I'm just so tired of teams just jacking up threes, jacking up threes, jacking up threes. It's getting on my nerves. Um, and the, the, the second thing I, I want to bring out is, you know, is this where did this rumor uh, uh, come from about Giannis? And uh, do you think it's legit? Who put it out there? Did you think he, this is a theory? Did the Warriors put it out there? Did somebody put it out there? I mean, just like and then Whitey and just said like he knows that that's something the Warriors want to do. Well, I, I want to know how do you guys know? You're like Stephen A. Smith today. He tells us that he puts out that Kawhi said this about LeBron. And why would anybody uh, uh, believe that when Kawhi don't say over two words? So. I want to know where's all this coming from about Giannis, and because uh, it annoys me when 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 things that are rumors are spoken as truth. So maybe you guys can shed some light on that. And again, enjoy your birthday, sweetheart, and stay thirty nine. Okay. 
Thanks, nice. Robin. Appreciate yeah. the call. Go ahead, uh, Whitey. Two different things. As far as rumors, somebody said this, somebody did that, these teams are talking, what if this team traded for that guy? Yeah, we're not really dealing in, with rumors here. We're dealing with the fact that a lot of NBA teams, the Warriors are not the only one, but a lot of NBA teams are keeping an eye on the Giannis situation because next summer he'll have the chance to, uh, the, the Bucks will offer him the uh, max extension. And if he turns that down, then presumably he'll be on the open market. So it's not really a rumor. We're not saying, oh, the Warriors are going to get him. The Warriors are going to trade for him. But the Warriors are doing their due diligence. And as they are looking to get back to where they want to be, they're examining um, options. And they're looking at every possible situation involving a superstar who may become available. With Giannis, it's still a ways down the road. And frankly, it's unlikely. So please don't misunderstand, Robin. We're not saying the Warriors are getting Giannis. It's going to happen. We're just pointing out that... Everyone is assuming because the Warriors do their due diligence that they're keeping an eye on this. And if Giannis does decide to decline the Supermax, then maybe we have something. But even then, the Warriors would not be the only team interested. That's all it is. So it's a little different than this guy said that or this guy said that. A little different. We're not dealing with rumors here. And I think it, you know, at its base, it's also, look, this guy is one of the best, if not the best player in the NBA, every single team in the league would of course. love to have him of and course. do anything to get him. Of course. The Warriors would, aside from Steph and Clay, I think they would include anybody, and this is just me speaking, I think they would include anybody else to get him. Any, Maybe they would. Any and everyone else. Mm-hmm. Maybe they would. And that but, wouldn't be too strong. Yeah, but this is not a trade rumor. This is just looking at the situation saying, you know, in the, you know. Hey, you know, they're going to the be interested. Yes. And a lot of that stems yes. from the fact that they were able to, in a somewhat similar situation, actually get Kevin Durant to come to the Warriors yeah. when a couple of years out it was, hey, they're going to be really interested. They may wind up with the cap space. It's a little bit different because of the cap situation where they – put themselves in a position where they could actually sign him outright. Yeah, to Robin's point, I agree. It can be really annoying when rumors spin out of control. For example, uh, Coach David Thorpe, who works with players individually in Florida, he recently, just this week, said, you know, I think that uh, Ben Simmons would fit with the Warriors and maybe they could trade Russell for him. That's just a guy giving his opinion. Then I think Marcus Thompson wrote something about that at The Athletic. Uh, and then the next thing you know, somebody else picks up on Marcus Thompson's thread, and you get to the point where all of a sudden, wait, this looks like a rumor. No, it started with it's just someone observing and saying, hey, uh, Ben Simmons would fit really well with the Warriors. So in that sense, yes, things can spin out of control, and you have to be very careful whenever you read about a trade rumor or this team interested in that guy. As best as you can, work it back to the source and try to figure out where it actually started because sometimes it's somebody's making something out of nothing. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, Warriors wrap up here on 95.7 The Game. Uh, let's go ahead and hear from Alan Smilagich. Uh, Alan Smilagich, career high, 10 points, 4 of 7 shooting, 1 of 2 from 3. Finally knocked down that 3 ball tonight, Whitey, and Alan Smilagich met with reporters downstairs after the ball game. How much are you just enjoying this NBA experience right now and just kind of keep getting more and more minutes? It's really nice because the team is helping me a lot. Especially some older vets, they're talking me through and everything, making me feel good. And I'm building my confidence like that. To your left over here, Alan, uh, you're going against the team with the best record in the league. They have a player who might be the MVP this year. Do you you get nervous at all playing in these NBA games? Honestly, I didn't even think about that. How much are you... uh, 
having to try to think about the offensive sets and and your assignments do you find you're having to think a lot on the court or or can you just go out and play at this point i just go out and play i don't know what i'm doing on the court (laughs) i'm curious steve was just in here talking about this being a good experience for you because it's national tv it's uh you know against the bucks did you even know it was on national tv today do you know what that means yeah i know but okay you didn't know it was on espn no this was i mean is that cool for you i mean this was your first game on espn i don't know what to think about it <laughs> yeah you seem to have a comfort level out there for someone who's only been in four or five six games now uh is that something that's gotten better each game or is it just kind of the natural you out there it's getting be- better out there but it's a little bit natural always been like that pretty much everyone yeah, so Whitey, the, the quote of the night from Alan Smilagich, I just go out and play. I don't know what I'm doing on the court. Yeah, you know the old, uh, This I think they had these, they begin in the 70s, like the smiley face, mm-hmm. big yellow smiley face. Oh, you got to yeah, get a yeah. smiley face that's actually on a basketball, so like the the grooves on the basketball form the smile. And then on the back, I just go out and play. I don't know what I'm doing on the court. There you, you got a winning T-shirt right there. Yes, you do. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Pick White, him up White, at Whitey's NBA shop. Whitey's NBA shop.com. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. I may have to call it Whitey's basketball shop because we got a license oh, yeah, there issue. Is a, yeah, but yeah, I let's skirt around some yeah, of the things. Yeah, and you may there. have to change some yeah. Yeah, web yeah. credentials yeah. And, and things but There like you go. That. That'll be on the back of the shirt. But but there is, and look, I think he looks very comfortable offensively. Like To me, defensively, he's very aggressive and he very doesn't confident. know where he's going defensively. He doesn't know maybe where he's supposed to be. I know we've kind of joked that at times he, he looks like he really he wants to – you know, maybe guard everybody. Uh, but offensively, while he may not always know where he is on the floor in terms of if they're supposed to be running a specific play, when he gets the ball in his hands, he is very comfortable well, at yeah. going and get. And that's something that I noticed immediately. He just He's very comfortable, whether it's, it's putting a move and driving to the basket. It, it, there's been times where he's caught the ball and, and, and maybe didn't have enough room to get a shot off, but you could tell he was thinking – I'm, this thing's going up You're even right. from three-point range. And Nine times out of ten, if not ten times out of ten, when he catches, the first thing he thinks to do is, can I score? Yes. And then if he can't, he will pass or you know whatever he needs to do. But not everyone is like, especially centers. When he touches, the first thing he's looking to do is, can I score here? Yeah, it, it, and it is, do I have a three-point yeah. shot? Can yeah. I drive this guy? Can I, can I dribble and spin? I mean, there, there's something going on. And you're right. When he's gotten hung up, he'll just kind of kick it yeah. out. Like, you and, don't want Willie Cauley-Stein doing that, right? You don't no. want Willie Cauley-Stein looking to score every time he touches. But I think that's what Smiley Geach has done, and that's one reason he's had the success he's had. John Dickinson, Whitey Gleason, it is Warriors wrap-up on 95-7 the game. Bucks beat the Dubs 107-98. Uh, here at Chase Center tonight as the Warriors drop to 9-30. and 30. All right, let's uh, go ahead and get to our call of the game. It's time for the call of the game. Brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile. Brooke Lopez moves it on Collie Stein. Spins looking for a handoff. Leaves on the deck for Middleton. Stone by Bowman. Bowman on the break. Goes all the way and dumped it with a right hand. Little elevation sensation for Kai Bowman, and the Warriors have scored eight straight. All right, so the call of game there, call of the game. Make sure you tune in tomorrow morning to Joe Lowe and Dibbs right here on 95.7 The Game, 9.30. Uh, and if you can correctly identify the call we just played, you will win $50 to Schroeder's Restaurant at 240 Front Street in San Francisco. 
Call of the Game is brought to you by Metro by T-Mobile, the best deal in wireless. And you are listening here to 95.7 The Game, KGMZ FM and HD1 San Francisco, a radio.com sports station. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what happens here with the Warriors taking on the Clippers. Interestingly, the Warriors have now lost six in a row. If they lose to the Clippers, that would be seven, and then they go to Memphis. Earlier this year, the Warriors had a seven-game losing streak, which they broke when they played at Memphis. Will history repeat itself? Hopefully it won't have to. We'll see if the Warriors can throw a little something-something at the Clippers on Friday night. Yeah, the Warriors uh, not going to get any easier. The Clippers, I know they've been a little uneven of late as to who's going to be in, who's going to be out. Because of the load management and Kawhi and and Paul George is hurt. Trying to figure out a way to... to and that Map mascot they have is horrible, and the logo's not great, so they got issues down there. The Warriors, uh, it was another night where the bench was productive. The Warriors reserves 43 or more points in four consecutive games, 46 tonight. They're averaging 53 points over the last four games here in January of 2020. Uh, mentioned this on Warriors Live, the Warriors and Bucks playing uh, for the first time in San Francisco uh, in nearly 50 years the Bucks won the last time they played here in the city, February 18th of 1970. It was a 109-102 victory uh, by Milwaukee uh, in that one. The Warriors also had their 362nd consecutive sellout uh, tonight, uh, which is the fourth longest active streak uh, in the NBA. Very, very a lively crowd, so I'm sure the uh... – the new place looked very nice on national TV this evening. All right, that's going to do it for us. I uh, want to thank uh, everybody uh, involved with the program for Tim Jordan setting us up out here at Chase Center. For Alex Scott, Ryan Mouser, back in our San Francisco studios, Cody Paspi as well. Uh, for Whitey Gleason, I'm John Dickinson. Whitey will be back on Friday from the studio. Warriors and the Clippers will be joined by Matt Kolsky as well. Six o'clock for Warriors Live as the Warriors will take on the Clippers down at Staples Center in Los Angeles. That's going to do it. Uh, Warriors fall tonight to the Bucks, 107 to 98. Uh, and you heard it right here on your home of the Golden State Warriors, 95-7 the game. Good night, everybody. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.